I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey! Hi, I'm Levens. And I'm Angus. Stars of the beloved Australian podcast, Hey, hey Fam. Hey, have you ever listened to our show and thought, I want to be there and see this happen in real time? Every episode. Every single episode. I know I do when I listen back. <laughs> I want to be there. Uh, well, guess what, fam? You can, fam. Wait, are you telling me you're doing a li- we're doing a live episode? You and me, buddy. You, Get out. me, and half of Sydney. Wait, who are you talking about? Who's coming? Well, I'm talking about me, Andrew Levins, and you, Angus Truscott. Right. Moving your couch and entire living room to Giant Dwarf Theatre with some good friends, Angus. You want to kick off this list because it's ridiculous. Look, I'm holding it right here. I'm going to start things off with Tommy Dasselow. All the way from Melbourne. He's short, but not <laughs> short on laughs. That's right. Uh, we also got our first ever guest, Jen Fricker, returning to Hey Fam. Uh, yeah, we've got Stuart Dolman. Oh my God, Stewie D. <laughs> Louis McCurdy's also coming. You might know him from Triple J Lunch. Uh, plus, we've got Tom Tilly from Triple J's Hack. That's right. We're going for all the, uh, the, the non-drive shows first. <laughs> Uh, we've also got Henry Stone, Alexei Toliopoulos, and Cameron, Cameron James, James who make up our mortal enemies, the Blank Slate Movie Podcast. And uh, we've got Becky Lucas making her return. We've also got, hey, if you're like, well, yeah, that's great about the laughs, but I'm in it for the music. Yeah, that's right. Don't worry. We've got the special musical guest, our friends and yours, The Meeting Tree. Uh, Angus, what is this event called? This event is called Hey Fam, It's Saturday. Uh, that reminds me of a classic Australian, Australian TV show called Hey Hey, It's Saturday. Now, they do say nostalgia is the deal sweetener, and that's why we've chosen that uh, uh, formidable title. No, but here's the thing, Levens. It's on a Monday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're flipping things up. Uh, we've also got a bunch of other things in- to announce. And, oh, guess what? Entourage fans, don't worry. We're going to be performing a long-lost Entourage episode which isn't really a real episode. We're writing it, but with all of these guests and it's going to be the best 22 minutes of HBO TV never screened. If you ever wanted to hear us force Joyride to sing the Entourage theme song, today's your lucky day. Yes, Joyride, if you're listening, you have to sing the Entourage theme song. I'm sure there's a recording floating around somewhere. Now, how do you get tickets to this dang event? Surely it's not free. You can head straight to giantdwarf.com.au. There's already a lovely event page there for us and tickets are just 15 bucks. Look, you and three Stuart Divers, that's fine. You can part with those at the door, come straight in. Uh, the thing is, it's probably going to be sold out, so you want to get these things online before. Yes. If uh, you don't have a credit card, ask for your mums or something. Yeah, that's right. Everyone knows that all mums have credit cards out the wazoo. And we ask permission with every mum in the world if you're allowed to use their card for Hey Fam at Saturday tickets. The answer is yes. 
uh, Hey Fam, it's Saturday, coming to Giant Dwarf Theatre, 23rd of November. Come make podcast history with us. It is history. It's the first time a podcast has ever been performed live. Um, look, I'm as scared as you are, but I'm, I'm glad that we will be the, the Neil Armstrongs of this. We'll be revealing uh, new guests and new parts of the night over the next few weeks on Hey Fam, so stay tuned We're and just, buy a uh, ticket. Building the stage now. You can hear all that great construction sound. It's, uh, it's here and it's going to be big. That's a, look, look out Disneyland, you know. There's going to be a new fun place on Earth. This for my fam. This for the fam. Do this for the fam. Bam, bam, bam. Hey fam, welcome to Hey Fam. It's a show about two mates and their love of video games, movies, TV, and what's the other thing? Comic books. All the stuff in between. Yeah, that's right. Capsule toys. No, um, we don't talk about that. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we be, will. Maybe when you we'll. go to Japan, when I go to Japan, we're going really soon. Yeah, so maybe we can do an entire capsule toy uh, Spin off, yeah, just for the like, just for each other because yeah, no one sure. else will want to no download it. Uh, my name's Levins, and my name's Angus. Oh, I was oh, going to introduce you if you want, but no, I wanted to say it. Okay, <laughs> that's good. It's always good to hear from you. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is our show, Hey Fam, because we said it earlier. It's definitely what the name of the show is. We are uh, back in a place that we recorded an episode in about two months ago uh, yep. with Siobhan Rady from Media Molecule. The place we're in right now is not Angus's living room. There's no couch. There's a couch. There it's is kind a of couch, like, but your couch it's a is, lot bigger. This is a lot more of a pro. It's a, definitely a corporate couch over here. Yeah. Yours is a lot more homely. It, it looks like at least 100 comedians have slept on it. A lot more, um, a lot more homely stains, you know, very lumpy. We're at the Sony building in, uh, in Sydney. Yeah. And we're here because uh, we're in the, in the actual the PlayStation part because uh, one of our favorite developers is in Sydney at the moment. Um, he's worked on... Several games that Angus and I have played from start to finish, some of them uh, multiple times. Multiple times, yeah. Um, and those games include Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3, The Last of Us, and the upcoming Uncharted 4. He is from Naughty Dog, and his name is Arnie Meyer. Welcome to HeyFam. Hey, how are you Hey, doing? Arnie. Really good. Now, Arnie and I have uh, actually spent a small amount of time together in different continents, or two continents. <laughs> you guys are secret agents, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's the only possible explanation as to why you guys would be hanging out in multiple continents. Um, Hitmen. So, uh, we were at Paris Games Week together, uh, yep. very briefly, and then we came down to uh, Melbourne together and hosted a panel together at PAX in Melbourne. We did. In front of a lot of people. Yeah. It was almost scary to see the theater fill up because it was empty. It, it felt like it was really massive. But once it filled up with people, it felt a little bit better. But yeah, it was pretty big. I knew yeah. it was big when I started seeing people I didn't even know were going to PAX with photos of you guys on their feet going, <laughs> watch it. I'm like, oh my God, this is real. This um, is big. Real and it PAX was, hours. It was super early as well. Yeah. But it was the first panel of the, of the day. So, uh, And we, we, we talked about... Um, because uh, Un- Un- Uncharted 4 got announced earlier in the year. Um, and uh, more recently at Paris Games Week, you uh, announced the specifics of the multiplayer mode of Uncharted 4. And uh, we were able to kind of show off some of the cool features. Um, and you've been kind of talking about the multiplayer mode to everybody that will listen in Sydney yeah. while you're here. <laughs> well, I have been doing that. That's been my entire week has been a lot of talking. So I'm glad to be on this podcast and talk some more. <laughs> <laughs> so do you get like a bit over, um, like, or is, do you need this balance? Like, you know, you, you can talk about a game as much as much as you can, but you have, I know you haven't played it in a while. Is, it, do, is there a need to kind of play it in between all the discussion of it? Uh, no, not really. I, I mean, it, it's always a sad thing when you're not in the studio and you're not able to boot up the game and see how things are going. Um, I mean, I did get to play a little bit of multiplayer when I was at Paris Games Week. Uh, hopefully no one caught me. I jumped in. Uh, I may <laughs> have a slight leg up because i know the map a little bit better than people who are learning it um but uh you know it, it, with the way that all of our work is and 
what every game that I've worked on, it's always been very difficult to try to jump in and, and play the game uh, at any given time. And so as we get closely in the development, I know the game fairly well, but only from skipping through different chapters and playing it out of sequence. Um, and then I've started to be very strict that once we hit gold master, I'll actually play the game straight through the way it was intended so I could get a real understanding of how that goes through. And that's what I always look forward to is that moment where I can really do that and just really see how everything's come together. Yeah. I mean, I, I really personally, like, you know, I play Uncharted for that first player campaign. I always have, like, that's my, that's my, I lo- one of my favorite experiences whenever, whenever the new Uncharted game comes out. This is just a, it's one of the few games that I'll actually just stay up all night and finish in one hit. Because uh, I'm a terrible person who uh, <laughs> who doesn't like to keep normal hours, but um, you keep hay fam hours. It's true, um, real hay fam hours. Real ones. Um, uh, but having been speaking with you a lot lately, I'm actually really, really excited for the multiplayer mode of Uncharted. So much to the point where I'll, I'll be like, yeah, cool, and you know, thinking about all the different things that that are being introduced. This thing, and then I'll suddenly, oh wait, and there's this <laughs> the single player mode coming <laughs> as well. Um, are there are there any games that you can think of um, that that you know that you have a comparable experience to where you were uh, you know really really excited for the multiplayer part and and forgot that there was a single player or, or something similar? Uh, I don't I don't know if it really totally worked out that way. I'm not a huge multiplayer gamer, which I I know might come to a shock. Um, I it's funny a lot of my multiplayer gaming ended up being in MMOs for a while mm-hmm. um, which then becomes really ironic because I end up soloing through most of MMOs so yeah. I'm not I'm sort of multiplayer by proxy but not really because I'm actually participating in the aspect in that aspect of it look every MMO uh, needs a lone wolf you know <laughs> Uh, well, I did spend a lot of time playing Lord of the Rings, and I managed to solo myself up pretty far in the game. But it, it, the thing is, it's I, I've found that a lot of multiplayer games now, um, they really sort of tailor themselves to bite-sized experiences, so mm. I'm really glad to jump into a lot of games, because you can play for 15 minutes, half an hour, or an hour maximum, and I'm able to play a lot more multiplayer games that way, where before it seemed like there was a lot of time investment behind it. Oh, yeah. So it definitely it. made it very friendly for me. Yeah. It's that South Park episode, you know, when they're playing Warcraft, and they've got the buckets underneath them, because they can't go to the two they have to be hitting those keys 24 7 yeah yeah i think what discouraged me from um delving too deep in the uncharted multiplayer in the previous games is when i would eventually jump to it i definitely got the beta of the third one but i would just suck at it and and i think that that's the the uh that really really strict learning curve where you know there are always going to be people that are so much better than you already playing the game that it is going to like kill you really quickly and i think there's there have been a lot of games this year um the two I'm thinking about in particular are Splatoon on Nintendo and um, uh, the beta of Star Wars Battlefront where there are n- enough kind of little perks that you can get as, a, as an early player that you can kind of last a bit longer than just getting killed immediately. And uh, I feel like Uncharted 4, what I've seen of it so far, there are a lot of things like that that are going to make it a bit more rewarding to people that are that are playing it for the first time yeah we're definitely building it in such a way so that it's easy to jump into um and that everyone has a little bit more of an even playing field and it really comes down to uh figuring out what your play style is and what your loadouts are and and how you play together as a team i mean i think the big thing for us and i think that's what's going to make it easier for people to jump into is that everything we do in the multiplayer is really in service of trying to create cooperative teamwork mm-hmm. in a competitive environment and that's everything's tailored for that and it's like the moment you can get a team and everyone's starting to play together even if you don't have a mic or like me like i've played without a headset and a mic and with everything on mute and not done very well with it um even even if you aren't doing that it, it's encouraging that type of cooperative teamwork and that we feel that always ends up being a more satisfying multiplayer experience that's like the last 
part of like one of the few parts of, of gaming that I still haven't embraced. The mic? Like, the the headset. I was going to yeah, say, yeah. I get stage fright. Like I've got one with the PS4 and it, pl- <laughs> it came with the, uh, the PS4 I got and I've put it in and I just don't know what to say. And also I've usually got a bunch of people around me and I chat to them while I'm playing a lot of the time and I'll be like, oh, like, come here. And then no, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you. And it was just like, no, I can't do this. Also like... Yeah, it's stage fright. I'm like, I've never met you guys. I don't know whether I should come in strong, you know, work my way in. And then by the time I like figure out which personality type I'm going for, I'm never seeing them again. I'll give you a hint on how to be really popular. Yeah. Just listen to music through the mic constantly. Yeah. You'll, you'll be the biggest hit among all of your teammates. Like a DJ uh, for deathmatch. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I so love you. Your, your official title is community manager for sure. Naughty Dog. Now, you're obviously a games fan. I mean, you... Well, I'm hoping you didn't, you know, you would have taken the job <laughs> because you like games. You would have just, you know, you went into like, I don't know, trains or something. You're like, no, I'm really into games. What's, the, I mean, uh, you know, community manager is a job that's getting more and more popular. And I, I'm a community manager for like a, a large, you know, brand as well. It's kind of like that weird marriage between how much you love the thing and how can se- you separate yourself and see it as kind of a, I guess, something you need to also promote. I mean, do you find that difficult saying, okay, this is me and professional game mode where I'm analyzing it's like people I guess that watch films who work in the industry and will spot special effects but then there's someone who mightn't work in the industry and will sit back and take it for the story and take it for all those those fun reasons you used to um, I guess go to the movies or play games I mean do you find it hard separating between those two modes or for, for me it wasn't so much only because I or I, I think that's why I was drawn to it in the beginning is because I could approach it as a fan but I also have that layer of understanding of like how do I how do I take everything that we're trying to do and how do I communicate it to our fans? And then how do I actually, I think the the part for me that's most important is how do I take what our fans are saying and then communicate it to, in terms of my career, either whether it was executives at a company or a developer or a publisher. And that's the part that I, I think is the part that I like the most. And I think that's what makes it easy for me is it's like, hey, you know, there's all this great feedback. There's all this enthusiasm. I'm able to analyze it, filter it, and really distill what's important about it. And that ends up being more of the focus of what makes it interesting or exciting for me. And that's a like level, I guess, of authenticity too. It's not like, here's a poster by the game. It's like, no, right. I'm actually, it's yeah. back and forth. Uh, these guys, you know, I'm meeting them where they are. I guess that makes a huge difference too. Like just being where they are. I guess it can be, I know sometimes audiences can be like, why are you here? This is our sacred spot. But the, I guess there's got to be a real class and a real, um, you know, it's quite strategic how you get in that sort of, I'm thinking of like, be it a forum or be it, you know, a, a Reddit thread or anything. If you hit that and, you know, if you do it right, it just works wonders, I'm guessing. Well, I've always, it's funny because you, you see people who work online, maybe work in communities, and sometimes you could tell that they might have a slightly different professional persona. I think a lot of the times that might be driven by uh, what the work environment is and things like that. But I'm always myself. Maybe I tailor myself a little bit to the community a little bit um, based on what they're like. Like on NeoGAF, I'm a little bit more acerbic. Yeah, well, that's NeoGAF. Yeah, You've got to be. You've got to go in. Uh, but <laughs> even, even if you read between the lines of how I'm talking, it still comes across as me. Um, and that makes it really easy for me to be in any location, whether it's a forum, Facebook, or social media, and for people to realize, well, you know, I'm still, I'm still talking the same way. Mm. So I'm still the same person. There's still that authenticity, or, or, and there's still that transparency about what I'm doing because I'm, not, I'm really not different people in different arenas. It's a fine line, and yeah, you walk it well. It's like uh, Angus works at a radio station, um, and uh, I've, uh, I, and I've got a lot of radio experience as well. But there's a, a stack of, I guess that 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 that, that there's, there's a, quite a few people that we that we know, and and uh, and they'll. 
talk to you really normally. And then as soon as they go on the air, they have this completely different voice, like their radio voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't have a radio voice. <laughs> you do. Have you have a podcast voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've played a small amount of, uh, of uh, the Uncharted uh, multiplayer. And I guess, like, when we, were, when we played it in the past, uh, it's, it's fairly straightforward in, in, in when you think of, like, a multiplayer with guns, third person, mm. running through terrains that you've seen that are similar to what you've played. And when there was the big trailer at Paris Games Week, there was this, like, amazing reveal where suddenly it gets a little bit turned on its head and it incorporates like you called it mystic elements, which are my favorite parts of the uncharted games. There's always a bit or two towards the end. Well, like, you know, a chapter or two where someone goes a bit batshit crazy and there are like, you know, different creatures or, or, or a magical element. And to see that incorporated in the multiplayer game actually made this so much more appealing to me. So how does that work? Because I've mean, I've only seen the trailers. Is it something that you can call upon, or is it just like an element that's thrown into the match? Or well, when you when you select a character, you'll able to select loadouts, and each loadout has a particular uh, mystical attached to it, and also a sidekick attached to it. What happens when you play the game? Uh, if you're downing people kills, uh, you can actually pick up treasures in game. You're getting cash basically, sure, and then you can open up the in match store and purchase it. Uh, and then the more often you purchase it, the more expensive it gets. So there's a little bit of a curve there. And once you do that, then it's basically in your uh, in your grenade slot, and then you can pop the mystical whenever you want. Awesome. So you can bank it for a later point. Um, and that's basically how it works. Well, there are a bunch of, I guess, uh, multiplayer... Infl- I mean, you know, it's such a kind of given now where, given, you know, online gaming and everything, a multiplayer can either be a really great experience or just a, a real tacked-on, oh, we're doing it because it's what the kids want. I mean... This one seems to be really carefully tailored towards, you know, a really good experience. Is there any kind of, I guess, leaders or not even leaders in the multiplaying kind of mainstream gaming or non-mainstream that you guys looked at and thought, you know what, I really like what these guys are doing. How can we kind of borrow that or just expand on that idea? I mean, what did you see as like a positive thing in multiplayer, I guess, that's around now? Well, I, I th- what happens at the studios, and this happens with even just single-player games that come out, uh, there's always a lot of research. Everyone's there's a, there's a good group of people who are really interested in what other people are doing and what we can learn from it. Uh, there was a time where we have this really nice theater at the studio, and there was a time where we would take games and actually play a bunch of them together and talk about them as we're playing them. Um, and so that was really great. And that happens with multiplayer, too. Anytime a big multiplayer game comes out, you'll just see everyone playing at it for a while. Um, I was talking about this at PAX Australia and I started to see a lot of stories about the fact that you know we, we have a good group of avid Destiny players there and includes a good portion of the multiplayer team. I think what we take away from, from that, and I think it's something that I had talked about before and we talk about a lot in the studios, that Bungie really knows how to, how to put together this multiplayer game loop that's really satisfying. I think uh, there was a talk I sat through and I think, what did they say? It was something like, five seconds of fun over and over again or something like that. I don't remember what the time limit is, but they've, they've really managed to refine that and accomplish yeah. that. And it's, it's that type of gameplay and that type of refinement that we try to achieve in every aspect of our game. Uh, and, and I think that's something that's you're starting to see translate into our multiplayer uh, modes as well. I mean, we've always wanted to, we've always felt that we've got something really unique with the way that we have traversal and we've got verticality in it. So we're just trying to say, well, we've got this unique thing that, you know, is unique in the multiplayer space. Let's, let's move over into there. I think two iterations of Uncharted multiplayer and, and Last of Us in, we've started, started to really feel what is unique and what really stands out for it. 
Plus, we've added stuff like mysticals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on the Destiny note, uh, I, I told this story in front of everyone, or made you tell this story in front of everybody in the, in the panel the other day. But um, before the panel started, uh, one of the um, people involved with PAX uh, mentioned, I don't, know, I don't know how Destiny got brought up. Yeah. And uh, someone told Arnie that there was a, an unlockable, or like, it was a, what was, someone was, one of the characters was selling. Well, yeah, that Zur was selling some good gear. And I had completely forgotten to look, too. So, of course, I had to, uh, I totally sent my mom to go purchase something. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, she, f- which, I don't think she's seen the stories that she hasn't seen the Twitch stream, so she's going to be really happy once I share it with her. It's so good. I've had a friend do the same thing. He was traveling overseas at the time, and he forgot his lo- what time. He had an alarm set, and he had to call his girlfriend or something. I'll give his friend his PSN and everything. He's like, log in quickly. Just Can you just grab this now? And I think they ended <laughs> up having to go to his house, like get the spare key and purchase his stuff for him. But that's, like, that's insane. That's insane dedication. I love it. Well, I don't think it's dedication it's like if you if you think about it right we talk about people who find ways to craft really good experiences or, sure. or find ways to bring people in i mean there are people at the studio that don't really play destiny on the regular but they will if they have strange coins banked they will log in just to buy something from zero and then they'll pop off and they'll be playing something else you know whether it's batman that came out or, or another game that came out that's really what they're focused on at that point and i think as a game designer you're always trying to find different ways to do that and it's interesting that you found it because you've got somebody who shows up every week selling something. It's not directly a gameplay feature that you're getting people to come back into the game every time. That's great. I mean, I, I think it's longevity. Yeah. I'm just impressed that your mum was able to navigate through. <laughs> I mean, not to talk down on my mum at all, but I, like, I, I, she wouldn't be able to find the power button. Well, so uh, I, I didn't. I didn't say it in packs because I didn't want to put her on the spot. But uh, the first time that she bought something on uh, Zero for me because I've been traveling too much, um, I'd find out later, and this is so cute that she'd actually stood in the queue for Zer because she didn't realize Amazing. that you could just do it. She's like, there are all these people around. <laughs> oh. I was waiting. It is so great. Hopefully, she started dancing or something. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish I was there to actually see that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, actually, on that you know playing games with your parents thing, I've, I've, I know you've definitely had lots of experiences of playing video games with your folks. I've, well, look, Wii Sports goes a long way. I will <laughs> say that. Also, I guess they just indulge it, and will. Uh, I remember instructing them when I got my first console, uh, the NES, and. I came with Mario Brothers and uh, Konami's Ninja Turtles, which I still think is an awesome game. Hot as hell as well. And I remember forcing my mother to play Ninja Turtles with me. As, and she was so patient. So <laughs> that's, that's the, the extent of it. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, when, when my parents bought... Actually, I think it was my grandmother who bought the NES. Uh, my mom played Legend of Zelda. She had her own save file for Oh, it. wow. Uh, and we would talk about how there were days where we would independently play for so long because I was obviously at school. So she had some free time to go play games where we would dream about Zelda at night and it was like on the same night because we were playing it so heavily. Um, and she still plays my, da- my dad, and my mom, they get together and they play rock band. That's so often. good. Actually Beatles rock band. That's the other yeah, one. Wii love- sports and Beatles rock yeah. band with the big family. I mean, we spent an entire Christmas. It was just me, my mom and my dad. And we just wailed through the entire Beatles catalog. And it was like, this is it. This is but what it's there about. Are four Beatles. Well, the dog. <laughs> I'm not saying Ringo kept bad rhythm. I'm just saying uh, a dog could have, you know, that bass was pretty consistent, that bass drum. And, you know, Sparky really did a good job. <laughs> what you say there about dreaming about games, I mean, that is such a, I, you know, how often does that happen? Because I've only had it quite recently again where I'm thinking about a game so often and I'm thinking about it. Take one guess at Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking about it so And I, I started having dreams and, you know, people are like, I've just like, 
waking up going, oh, no, I'm not about to be Fulton or I'm not about to, like, uh, <laughs> raise the awareness level. How often do I'm you... Not, I'm not allergic to my own clothes. <laughs> yeah. No, how often are you uh, dreaming of games? Does this still happen to you? Uh for the right reasons, not like, oh, I've got a deadline that yeah, I have to... No, no, I think, it, I think it's been a really long time since I've dreamt about games, uh, unfortunately. I think, I, I mean, my memory is dreaming about Zelda, really. And, That's so good. It, it, it was almost a nightmare at that point, because those, <laughs> well, the games at the time, right, you had a really repetitive soundtrack, so it had that nightmare layer to your dreams, because that soundtrack just keeps playing over yeah. and over again. Um, my my dad loves like Indiana Jones and he even loves like the National Treasure movies. Yes, and I think there is there is definitely like a comparison point with 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 the Uncharted games that incredible cinematic level to them that adventure. I actually think that that that's like the perfect game. I think he would really get a kick out of sitting down and watching me play that. And I know that you've I think it was in the, in the Last of Us remastered there was like a mode that you could that was less about. It was what mm. the, the, the the toughness was put down, or was it more yeah. almost like a movie? It was we we put that in the Last of Us, uh, and it's also in the collection where we've made uh, basically a, a mode that is very forgiving, um, and it, it's meant to help people who are not that great with twin stick shooters because that tends to be the biggest barrier for us for our games that sure. we've come to realize is that it's really difficult. Uh, even in a third-person shooter, to really get your bearing, so um, it, it really does. I mean, apart from making sure that it's you're really difficult to kill as a player. Um, it, the big thing is is that aim assist is very forgiving in the game, uh, and so that it's helping you with the combat. But at least that way, like we've always found that combat's the hardest, right? Because like all sorts of things are going crazy, and you're like trying to spin around, see where you're being shot from, or you know where the enemy is. And I, that's always the very difficult for someone. So like smoothing that out, making it easier, then that means people can enjoy the story more. They can enjoy some of the puzzle elements, or in The Last of Us, the stealthy elements, and you're able to get a more satisfying um, thing where you're not really worrying about you know how how do I get out of this combat situation. It totally makes sense. Like my housemate loves watching me play games, and I'm like, you sure you don't want to play it? Last of Us is a prime example. He used to ask me to play Last of Us because he was like, it was almost like a television series. He's like, oh, okay, you're going to play that tonight? Let me know when you start. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because, uh, like, <laughs> where'd you get up to last time? And, yeah, it's just like... 
I used to be like, why are kids watching kids play games on YouTube? I'm like, no, I totally get it. Story writing is so important now. And I guess like you can actually tell a story a lot easier than with just text and make such an immersive like experience now with, um, you know, obviously the technology upgrades and stuff. And it makes, yeah, it makes total sense. Um, I, I, would, I don't need the, you know, actually I would, I would love to play that with my dad, but I would also love a mode that's exactly the same as the regular Last of Us. It just... Uh, just you, you don't have to go into that lobby. <laughs> I hated that level. Like I loved hating it, but like that would, where you had to escape from that ginormous yeah. guy who could just from the border. Yeah. Oh god, I hated that level so uh, much. <laughs> Which one? Which lobby? <laughs> so you, um, the, the power goes out, um, and uh, there's a what's it called? What's it called? A bloater. Yeah, it's a bloater, and I think it's in the high school. Oh uh, shit! In, in yeah. Town. yeah, that's amazing. That was so hard. And you I just have to. Yeah, and he, he comes and finds you no matter what. And, yep. you, and you can I, I, every time I tried to outrun him, he would get me. And so I was like, okay, I just have to kill him. <laughs> I remember talking about this with you too. Oh, You're like, this part, this part. I was playing it by myself, and that's that's the most scared I've ever been playing a video game. And, well done. Uh, and, and I played Are You Afraid of the Dark on PC when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, before you mentioned the Zelda score and how hypnotic it was, and you know. Again, much like storytelling, music and games has only gotten better, I think. Uh, not better. I guess it's gotten more advanced. I mean, there's some, some classic scores. And checked out your Instagram. You're obviously a big vinyl collector. I mean, you saw you bought the latest Tame Impala and stuff like that. And you're, I thought uh, what was really interesting is you guys just announced the Uncharted uh, vinyl collection. We did, yeah. Yeah, which is like, I mean, how did that come about? What, what, uh, what's the story there? Well, some of it comes from the fact that myself and other people were big vinyl fans. So uh, and, and that opportunity comes up. Um, you know, every once in a while, everyone wants to work with you. And we actually worked with uh, Mondo out of Texas to do mm-hmm. the Last of Us uh, vinyl set. And they do a bunch of posters. They're yeah, that they company posters, that do yeah. a lot of stuff for uh, Draft House and stuff, don't yeah, they? Yeah, the Alamo Draft House. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was our first foray into it. And they were really excited. And we always thought that they uh, put together a really crafted and very, very great collector set for things. Um, and so it just worked out that, you know, we we're able to say, oh, this is a collector's item. You know, we want to try this out. We want to see what the experience is like. Lead times on vinyl are insane because there's so few factories that do sure. pressing. Uh, I never really realized, like, that's the one thing you don't realize. It's just like what that kind of lead time is. And to think that vinyl records get released day and date with digital and CDs. It's crazy. Um, and, uh, and I make, but in that time, I make, but was starting to make really great vinyl sets as well. Uh, the journey set is an example, but they also did the hotline Miami one, which they gave yes. me. It was like, Oh man, this is really great set. And that's a, that's a really great soundtrack to have on vinyl too. Cause it, it is so electronic, but like, it just, I don't know. There's something about it that it, it feels great to listen to it that way. Um, so we're really glad to work with them. Um, we're, it, it's funny that, uh, I'm here in Australia cause I didn't realize until, uh, yesterday that, um, we buy your kids. Yeah, Sunny and Diddy. Sydney, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're friends of mine. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't realize until I saw the press release. I was like, we buy your kids are doing the artwork. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, because we were working for it the entire time and it just didn't even, like, it didn't even get in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm going into their backyard, right? I was just like, oh, yeah, like, we're working with them. That's like all good and fine, right? The covers are amazing. Yeah, I've, I really like working with them on them. They, they have such great art. It was, uh, that suggestion came from the, the folks at IMA Pit and it was just like immediately, because like art for us when we work on stuff is, it, it, sometimes it tends to be very touch and go and sure. personal preference, even if it's for a game, it ends up being very personal for people involved in the game. And the moment we saw the direction they wanted to go with the art, we're like, okay, yeah, we want to work with these people. So They're great. it worked out really well. Yeah. They did a good run with Mondo. I remember, for, actually, I think it was for Alamo and it was for a, a Batman exhibit last year. And they did this amazing Joker, um, 
not not of any particular interpretation, just their own. And it was just this out of the whole collection. I only saw it online, sadly, but it was just yeah, they they stand out. They have such a great like simple simple kind of like interpretation, but just this mad slant on it. Yeah, yeah. They they actually used to um do poster artwork for a, a, like an indie company that I used to work for about twelve years ago. Yeah, right. So I've, I've had a long, a long history of working with We, we Buy Your Kids. That's so cool. They oh, that's did, great. Doing stuff for you. Um, is there a side of the record that is just um, <laughs> just the death theme? <laughs> yes. Just that with like maybe Sully yelling, Nate. Yes. <laughs> we should Nate. have actually, put, you should have put that in. We should have taken a cue from uh, Jack White and putting how one of the, the tracks, hidden groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hidden oh, groove and put that in there. A loop groove, that would be great. May, maybe for, maybe hopefully we'll do an Uncharted 4 soundtrack and I'll float that in there. Second printing. Well, everyone's always trying to do something interesting with vinyl as well. Uh, everyone's trying to do like colored vinyl or that sort of thing. So I really well, holographic like, in yeah, Jack White's hol- terms. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I got that Lazaretto, Lazaretto set, and when you put it on, you get that right angle. You're like, oh my god, is someone dancing on top of it? It's surreal. Yeah. Um, what about like an Uncharted battle record? <laughs> yes, that'd be amazing. What do you What do you suggest? Obviously, you got some Sully jams in there, and the death the death theme just over and over again because it's like I would say that's the third most iconic death theme. Who have you got, got else? Da, 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 da. Yeah, sure. And then um, from Mary Brothers, obviously. And then Donkey Kong Country. Do you remember that one? It's big, so but that, it's that, like, like I, well, I don't put that up that there. Haunt, like, when you actually play that, that is the most, it just like, it just taunts you. And you're like, no, I hate it. You, every I, version of Metal Gear, I've got the snake, snake, snake. That's always going to be my number one after Mario Brothers. It's just getting yelled at, getting snake yelled at me. And I feel like such a dummy too. It's quite insulting. It's like, what did you do? With Un- Un- Uncharted, you feel like you've let Sully down. By oh, dying. totally. Oh, yeah. He guilt trips you. He's well, I, I know you're a DJ, so maybe we'll talk to someone. We'll do like yeah. a special DJ, like white label. That'd be amazing. Version of that just for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're gonna have to invite me down when you play it. I yeah. want to see. You're gonna be in some. You're gonna be DJing somewhere, and then all of a sudden this come in, and you'll see everyone being like, "What?" That'd be the best. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll see me in the back, and I'll be like, "Yes." Uh, I, I mean, uh, in this weird age where you know it's so easy to, to do your own remix of stuff, I'm, I've never searched for it because I'm sane. But <laughs> <laughs> there must be like countless uh, different versions of the Uncharted theme and Uncharted music, like made into trap and. Dubstep uh, songs, right? Probably there are. I mean, we've seen people take it. Obviously, the the easy one that you've seen a lot of people do is take things and do their own piano rendition or acoustic versions of it or on violin. So we've seen all sorts of things come in. I mean, our community is great in terms of uh, really generating their own content and really like making it their own in, in different ways. So I haven't quite gone too deep in that. Uh, I might want to try to avoid finding the trap version yes. of yeah. any of our music. It could turn something great into something <laughs> not so great. I like that you guys, you do maintain like a classiness. You know, there's a reason, there's a reason your, your, your games are so you know, high end. Because, you know, it feels so deluxe because th- there's never like that cheap, like, oh, you know, trap is really big right now. Let's, Let's use that as yeah. a theme song. Or even even like the, the, the trailers don't use utilize that music. I mean, I, I, you know, when oh. you... When you we, we've used some popular music in our trailers before. We had in Uncharted Drake's Fortune, we had Massive Attack during a trailer. Oh, well, that's, Massive Attack. That's, that's classic. Very classic. Right. That's, but then, and that great uh, song and, and, from Last of Us too. I remember the trailer had an amazing... Oh, yeah. Was that original? Um, Did you guys get that made just for the... Oh, I'm trying yeah, to remember exactly. It was like that was, acoustic that? style. Yeah, it was like yeah, real yeah. like dirty, kind of bluesy. It was like an HBO show. Like, yeah, it was, right? like, yeah. it was like an HBO show. It was great. Yeah. Well, that, that was from Gustavo's uh, own work. Sure. So he was, he was recording all of that. And for him, that was all acoustic on... I can't remember the name of his instrument but it's a good like a stringed guitar like instrument cool. from south america um but and i'm not saying anything negative about it but we did use skrillex in the multiplayer trailer once so 
Skrilla just wants you to Multi- play with your friends. <laughs> multiplayer is, 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 you know, that's when you can, you're allowed to hear Skrilla. So yeah. Multiplayer. <laughs> hey, so Still we hope for trap. I was going to say, we have a, there's been a, you know, speaking Uncharted, there's been kind of, I guess. Oh, we, have we been speaking about Uncharted? Yeah, this is the Uncharted episode. <laughs> Quite famously, the film there's always been a film adaptation in the wings, and I mean, at one stage, David O. Russell, I think, was in charge and had been banging together something. I think with Mark Wahlberg at one stage was attached. We have this kind of like recurring segment on the show called Dreamcast, and I thought it'd be great. It's just where we ask a guest who they'd like to see in a film version or a TV version of or a game version of a TV series. But this is perfect. I mean, who do you see as Nathan Drake today? Uh, oh man, so there's. Uh, I'm going to be terrible because there's an actor whose name I can't remember, but he was doing uh, he was doing a spy show on USA Networks on TV, who I think would be really great. He's very he's like very thin, and he's he has the he almost plays the same type of character in terms of where he's uh, he has that same attitude as Drake. I think he'd be a great person, partly because he already plays a character like that. Is this a show that's on now? Uh, I think the C, I think it, it's actually ended, but it, it filmed right. up until last year. Okay. So it was it was called Burn Notice, and I can't yeah, remember the actor's sure. name. So I always thought I personally always thought he he could be a great match for it. Um, and I think when we hear about it in the studio, I, I think a lot of fans really want Nathan Fillion to to play that role. Um, and you know, I, I don't think they're entirely wrong. I think he would be a good match too. Yeah, no, he, he's good. I mean, maybe six years ago he would have been prime, but I, maybe that ship has sailed. He could be a good, uh, you know, older Drake or something. <laughs> well, we're talking about older, and uh, in my opinion, better. Who's going to be uh, Sully? Sully? <laughs> That was the, that's the, that's the rumor I want. Like, imagine I, I don't know. Sully's the, the you get the classy actor yep. who doesn't who who's never done like a video game or comic book movie before. You get the Oscar nominee well, guy. You no, know? I I think there's a pretty easy choice. But again, this is a really personal choice, and I am so bad with names today. This is terrible. Um, Evil Dead. Uh, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell oh, oh, yeah, would man. be perfect. Holy Sully. Shit, that's I, Bruce I, Campbell. I, think, I mean, he, I think he already plays Sully. In he a lot Sully. of his roles anyway. Right. He's everyone's Sully. Yeah, yeah. You can just put a big old uh, Hawaiian shirt on him, some linen trousers, and away he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's just come out with um, Ash vs. Evil Dead, which I'm yes. gonna—I really want to watch that. It's supposed to be amazing. That was yeah, one, one of the like the highlights of E3. Yeah, have you seen yeah. it yet? No, I mean it was Comic Con. Sorry, one of the big, one of the biggest, most exciting things that came out of Comic Con. We need a new show to watch. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Hey, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Actually, you're you're watching uh, rewatching Star Wars for the millionth time. Yeah, getting uh, but getting. I, would love to, I haven't rewatched all the uh, Army of Darkness movies before. So yeah, Evil, Evil Dead and so oh, you've never watched them? No, I haven't oh, rewatched them cool. in a long time. Um, I was just I had Army of Darkness in my mind. I guess that, I think that was the one I, I saw the most recently. Um, yeah. Um, but what so, about Bruce Campbell? He'd be great in a you know a cameo in a Last of Us film. You know, <laughs> guy comes in with a chainsaw on his arm. They're like, no, nah, wrong vibe, guys. <laughs> I, I just think we should give him as much work as possible. Oh, He's absolutely. His um autobiography is amazing. I mean, it's pretty cheesy, but it's just awesome. All the uh, like, yeah, just how reliable he was for Sam Raimi. Like, he was imperative to Raimi's career. It's like he's like Raimi's um rabbit foot key ring you know he's like he's good luck charm he needs him and everything if he doesn't we were working with sam for the last of us movie so is that so yeah that's right what happened there just things didn't work uh, out it's a, it's the same thing i mean you see this a lot in hollywood and the, you know everyone's always in a rush to announce that you've uh done something but mm. it's like the development of a movie really takes a long time before you're finally in production it's like working on scripts so yeah it's the same thing for the uncharted movie it's like everything's sort of moving along at its own pace i mean these things that let i don't know i'm always like we have a saying on HeyFam. It's, uh, that's Hollywood, baby. That's Hollywood, baby. That's Hollywood, baby. We chuck that uh, joyride sting in. Uh, it's just, I, I'm like, a movie would always be great at that, but playing it, I just think it's always going to be far more personal, uh, I'm, I'm far like more that. immersive. It's whenever, like, whenever a comic book adaptation gets announced, I'm like, no, but it was perfect as a comic book and it was perfect as a video game. I mean, I get that, you know, it's still a great story and 
there's money to be made but uh but also bring it to the masses you know i mean i I also get that other side where it's like you know what there's a bunch of game players who are missing out on a really good story and a really great character like Mm. it's that fine line again of like why not make it universal why not like do it every form but also you know you can keep those real game hours and be like i I played it first well it's always it's always challenging right to translate a game and interactive medium to a more passive visual medium, especially since we're trying to borrow so much from each other these days. So totally, it, it, you start losing what's unique to it. But I, I was just watching the teaser, and I guess it's tomorrow. But I, I think the first real test of how far we've gone in doing video game movies will be the Warcraft movie. Totally out. Uh, I, I mean, personally, I have an interest. I want to see what uh, what they're able to accomplish it because we haven't really been able to make really great video game movies. Uh, it's in good hands. Duncan yeah, Jones. Yeah. yeah. Moon. Such a good director. Yeah, yeah. It's in great hands. Uh, Actually, no, Moon was great. And then he hasn't really done anything. No, he did one afterwards, the one with um, Jake Gyllenhaal on the train, yeah, yeah. which, oh, I, th- which right. I thought was fine. It was yeah, a good thriller. Was really good, it was a yeah. great thriller. Yeah, good yeah, time I, travel I thriller. Moon yeah. is one of my all times, so. though. Uh, and what was before Moon? He did a short film that's included with Moon, and it's terrible. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, about, it's about like a, um, uh, an assassin who like um, kills people from like the other side of the planet. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm into that. That sounds great. Yeah, but it's the 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 theory behind it is awesome. But the yeah, sure. No, the 15 second teaser teaser that came out for Warcraft. I was like, that looks really good. Like that was actually orcs look massive. They look like they look like orcs. My favorite stall at um at Paris Games Week was the Warcraft one because it had this amazing um like massive spider that you could kind of entangle yourself in. (laughs) Uh, Pretty fun. So I guess there's going to be a spider in the Warcraft movie. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> um, so, I mean, the last few games that we've seen from Naughty Dog have, have obviously been this, you know, since Uncharted. I mean, there was definitely a cinematic element to Jack and Daxter, um, which are, in my opinion, criminally un- underrated games. Um, but uh, uh, Uncharted, like the, the really cinematic quality, and then continuing through Last of Us, is there like is there a, a notion that? Is there any people like you know a small amount of people at, at, at Naughty Dog that are like, can we just make something fucking stupid? <laughs> like, uh, it's not quite to that degree. I, I think everyone, you know, it, it's funny because it it was very painful for us, uh, and it, we've talked about it very openly about how painful it was to, for us to go from uh, you know a cartoony, ridiculous series like Jack and Daxter and having worked on Crash Bandicoot and transitioning over to do something more realistic. Mm-hmm. But I think we're at a period where the entire studio it really believes in what we're trying to do, uh, and everything we do and everything everyone's thinking of is in service of trying to create these games that are grounded in, in this realistic world, and you know everyone's doing this stylized realism. So I think it's just over time we've kind of fostered this the studio that is really believers of this direction. But I mean, everyone has their own interests in, ty- in different types of games outside mm-hmm. of what we are working on. And we actually encourage that in the studio that, uh, to go off and work on your own projects and sort of build your skill set. And so we've seen people, uh, do things that are not more unconventional compared to what you would think for naughty dogs are and for naughty dog games would be. Uh, but it's always great to see Can you that. Have some, some examples of that. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, I talked to, so I talked to one of our visual effects artists, Doug, and he was working on a couple games, but I can't remember exactly what he'd worked on, but I guess, I guess maybe he was no longer working at Naughty Dog when he was creating these, but the, he was already starting to do this sort of thing, but, um, Lucas Pope left Naughty Dog, uh, and he'd worked on a few games and then he'd come out with Papers, Please, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm blanking again. I didn't know he used to be at Naughty Dog. That's awesome. Oh I yeah. He was, please. he was an amazing guy. It was really sad to have him leave, but I mean, he's doing so great on his own. He did, Ober, uh, something about Oberdin as well. It was a pirate ship. Um, so he's done both of these games and all of that spawned from 
back at Naughty Dog, he was starting to delve into things outside. He was a software engineer, so he was starting to delve into things outside of that. For him, he ended up gaining the skill set where he could do art, he could do game design, he could do all this programming all on his own, and we kind of encourage that. It's amazing. Look, I get... You're kind of like in this forefront of uh, being the person who people, I guess, talk to who want to, you know, get some some messages up the chain at Naughty Dog. And I'm guessing, especially while out here doing packs and a bunch of stuff, you might get a lot of people who don't really have any business in game making pitching you game ideas. And you've probably got to be, I don't know, you've probably been really good at going, yeah, that's a great idea. And, you know, having to be politely. Does it happen much? Does it happen? It, that part doesn't happen very often, but we do get a lot of enthusiastic people coming to me, especially for some reason yep. with their art portfolios. And I'm like, I'm the last person you want to see the art portfolio. Cause I'm going to look at it and be like, ah, oh, it looks great. Well, that's good. Cause I've got a game pitch for you right now. Just, I think, uh, you know, everyone's kind of moving towards, let's, uh, you know, I'm starting to think this could be a, pr- a freemium type of game where you kind of, you know, you guys can make a bit more bunk- bank on the side. You, you, you are 20 cents per hour or something. <laughs> but it, it's still using like one of your beloved um, franchises. I've gone for uh, this one. So uh, it's called Sully's Surly Sweatshop. And it's, I think it's kind of like an Animal Crossing type of, you know, user stylist design, some type of thing. Uh, move over Ancient Relics. The real treasure is Victor Sullivan's shirt collection. And now you can have a hand in the design. Work maximum hours at a minimum wage in an exotic location so Mr. Sully can stand out on his latest expedition but just don't tell Drake this is between you and I I mean do you see something like that having legs in the game industry in 2015 please tell me you've built a prototype for this <laughs> well you I haven't yet I'm hoping you can help me out <laughs> that that actually sounds really fun that's not, like I, I want to see this you should build a prototype and then we'll talk all right well um, I'm going to be seeing you tonight anyway so uh <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll go to UTS, hours. I'll grab some game developer kids yeah. and let's see what we can bang out. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, mobile friendly, you know, something that you can use your finger to draw some great designs. Calling him Mr. Sully sounds so potentially racist. <laughs> well, it's just like, <laughs> he's your boss. <laughs> and you get to travel exotic locations. It's just you don't get to see outside of them. You're going to be in, you know, different locations. You'll be, uh, you know, Vietnam. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And also, you know, every, every dollar sold, we send to some kind of company who helps, you know, families get out of slave labor. Do we think, do you think we'll ever get a game that focuses on Sully where you get to play as Sully? I think a lot of, I think a lot of our fans would love to see oh, that, yeah. right? Um, I mean, we've always tried, we've always more or less stayed central to those characters, but I think Sully really has taken a life of his own. I think we have a lot of characters that could lend themselves to having their own, their own stories. Sully I mean, needs a leisure suit Larry type point and click. Oh, man. Like what he gets up well, to in those months, he's not just uh, globetrotting. I would play him in anything. <laughs> Wasn't I can't remember if it was an interview or maybe I was joking at PAX Australia, but someone was asking me if you could ever see a, a Sully spinoff game or something like that. Oh, and I, I was I was like, that. yeah, it would be the Sully dating simulator because apparently the people he takes to church isn't working out for him. That Amazing. Was the, that was to me. It's on a video that's going yeah. up on, on the PlayStation <laughs> Facebook page Great. later this week. I mean, you could do the young Sully, you know, when that, 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 that Uncharted 3 I love level. The flashbacks. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be amazing. What about like... Um, just like I mean, I, I know that you don't really, you know it's it's a, it's a Sony. You don't really do partnerships with other gaming companies, but do you think maybe one day we can get a Sully Amiibo? <laughs> <laughs> now that I'd pay playable, for that, payable and smash. I'd break my Amiibo no buying rule. With Everybody that. be buying it straight off the boats. Oh, like, totally! I got so upset when I thought he was like 
there was it was either in two or three where either he there's two moments where you think he's dead or you also think he might be well, kind you, of yeah. betraying you and i was so i haven't been that like invested in a plot and like got so fist shaking at my screen potentially no, at something that i do this to yeah me? so i was very glad that uh you know spoiler alert he's he's a good guy still i think we're, we're coming up with a great game pitch for uh telltale games actually so i think we are we should go call them up after this. yeah 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 i'm sure you've got a contact <laughs> What about uh, Sully's Woolly World? <laughs> You're the wolf from all of your shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, we S- love Sully. Sully Kart Racing. Were there any Sully cosplayers at PAX? Just like older, distinguished oh, yeah. gentlemen? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's uh, there, so good. And, and there's not even older, distinguished gentlemen. They're, they're younger gentlemen who will dress up as older Sully. I mean... That's a beautiful thing, getting young, fit gentlemen to, you know, add some years on. Like, that's, that, that, that's the sign of uh, a great character. Sully 64. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what it does. <laughs> All we know is that 64 comes with a lot of weight behind it and it's going to be good. It is a party. It's a Sully party. <laughs> yeah, Sully party game. Oh, man. <laughs> I just did Who is the voice actor of, of Sully? Uh Richard McGonagall. He does such a good job. Yeah, oh, yeah. He kills he, I, it. I'm, I, I mean, I, 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 I know I could just consult Wikipedia, but is there anything <laughs> that, that that he's notable? Oh man, uh, he has. He's he's had a really long career, actually, uh, and it was pretty good. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what he might be notable for, but yeah, he's he's done a lot of work, mostly voice uh, acting. Or, or no, no, he he actually had a. I think it was a maybe a TV career um, when he was younger, uh, so he was doing a lot of traditional stuff before. I think. Th- I think he's moved on to, you know, sort of set his own niche now uh, from that. But, yeah, he, he did a lot of work when he was younger. Yeah. You can, he's such a realized character. Like, you can smell the cologne. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, he's just... You can, and it's good cologne, too. It's none of that off-the-shelf stuff. I like hanging out with him. I actually think that, like, there's so much of Sully that, that comes from who Richard is to begin with. Do you guys like, do performance capture for these guys? Or is it kind of pre-animated and the, or the voices tracks quite separate to the performances? Oh, no. Everyone does it in the same room That's with each great. other. Uh, the voice and the performance. So, uh, yeah, if you go down and you check out a performance capture session, it's, it's basically like any other movie, right? Like, half the time you're, like, waiting to get stuff done and you're working yeah. out a little bit. So you get to really see what, you know, when you let everyone loose, what they're like. That's so cool. Like, Richard really is Sully at some point gonna be great like a pixar-esque blooper reel for when you finish an uncharted game with all their like takes their, their fuck-ups and like they're swearing and Sully just like farting yeah that'd be amazing <laughs> i remember i remember being on stage once uh i don't know if you really remember uh oh god it had to have been uncharted 2 but there's a line where elena says um a mythological uh oh, i can't remember what it was but it, it's something about like a mythological like treasure or gemstone or whatever and we had to do so many takes because we inadvertently written that line as a tongue twister and no one could ever get it right like even like when people were joking to try to like correct her no one could get it right amazing like it just stuck that would be a great blooper reel oh yeah yeah that'd be amazing i I would love to see that fully realized to like animated as themselves in their like exotic locale just (laughs) fucking up their lines that'd be amazing blooper simulator drop a boom mic in and stuff you know get that real yeah awesome well thanks so much for uh having us in today um, at your house I assume you live in this office now <laughs> yeah I don't see a Channing Tatum calendar but I guess you live here um, where can people find you online if they want to follow your everyday happenings uh, my personal everyday happenings which is going to be about food mostly uh, is uh, at Arnie Meyer uh, on Twitter but you should follow at Naughty Dog which is at Naughty underscore dog if you want to game updates and um, the Uncharted 4 multiplayer beta comes out on uh, the December 4th, 4th yeah, December 4th. and it'll run to the 13th. Awesome. Uh, and you'll, you'll get exclusive access through the Nathan Drake collection.
which we both already have. Excellent. Thank you. So then I'll see you online. <laughs> yeah. And then see the, you online. Uh, Uncharted 4 for real comes out. Uh, March 18th. There you go. Awesome. Exciting. So you got time to replay your favorites and get the story. Like I'm boning up with my Star Wars and everything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I'm like, actually, I can't wait to play um, the first Uncharted again because it's been so long. And, you know, it's the one that people that never really speak of as favorably as the others. But all I, I got to play small glimpses of it at the various game shows we've been at. And I'm like, oh, man, I really want to can't wait to revisit this. Yeah, it looks amazing. I was, I was really looking forward to revisiting it on Remaster. And I, I booted it up and I started playing it the other day. But I, I realized that I put it in on Crushing. And I'm <laughs> sitting there and I'm about four chapters in. And I'm like, why did I do this again? <laughs> amazing. Like, I, I don't need the Platinum. I know the game, right? Like everything. But it's like, all right. Well, Bluepoint did such a good job. Bluepoint, right? Yeah, the, Blue yeah they're, they're great at remasters. They did. I remember the first time I played was the, the Eco and Shadow of Colossus remaster. Oh, wow, did. they did that. Yeah, yeah. and they such did their Metal Gear HD collection. Like they seem to be the, like, just pros at touching up and just you know maxing out those uh those 1080p's <laughs> <laughs> um you can find hey fam online facebook.com slash hey fam podcast yep. and uh angus can be found at jimmy Chengus on twitter that's and right instagram i like mexican food deal with it and i'm uh lev dog l-e-v-d-a-w-g on twitter and instagram thanks so much for listening we will be back next week see you live uh, at our live show bye fam bye hey